up, students. Welcome to With You, where we seek to grow deeper in our relationship with God together. Even though we're not with you, we're with you. We're your hosts, Phoebe and Tony. Yesterday in part two, we sought to give you guys the background behind the passage and that we're going over this week, which is Mark 4, 3 through 20. And we honed in on what a parable is and why Jesus seemingly likes to teach in parables often. Today, we are seeking to get the main point of the passage. But first, let's you, let you guys the secret word for this week. Our secret word is yodel. And extra points if you yodel the secret word to us. Oh, Phoebe, can you give us an example? <laughs> oh, boy. Yodel, 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 In this passage, <laughs> Jesus is teaching to a bunch of people and decides to share a truth by telling a story. And the, the story really goes like this. There's a sower or a farmer who's deciding to throw seed everywhere, really almost everywhere, like alongside a path in on gravel, like rocky ground, uh, in a spot where there's thorns and weeds and then also on good soil. And as expected, the seed only survives and grows and takes root in the place where there's good soil. Everywhere else is not a good environment for the growth to actually take place. And that's just where the parable ends. See how it can be a bit confusing? Imagine Jesus telling this parable originally and just leaving it right there. It would force you to ask, what exactly does he mean? I mean, is he talking about how to invest your time well or to understand that sometimes things just aren't going to go your way or maybe even good planting techniques? Jesus allows confusion in order to cause everyone who truly wants to know to lean in. What's even more helpful about this parable specifically is that Jesus does explain the meaning of it. We talked about that a bit yesterday, and this wasn't super common, but this was the meaning of the parable right here. Let's look at verses 14 through 20. As Jesus says, the sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. Jesus is talking about sharing his word, the truth of who God is, with others and how people respond. The main point of the parable is that some are ready to receive the Lord and others are not but the word of God must be spread. That's spelt out for us clearly here. But we want to give you not just the main point of the parable, we want to give you the main point of this whole passage. And so here it is. Jesus is our greatest teacher. I'll say that again. Jesus is our greatest teacher. Jesus explains this parable to the disciples in verse 10 because they ask him for help. They acknowledge him as wise and able to teach them and they humbly come to him. Most of us are at a point in our lives where we're actually not the biggest fans of our teachers. I hear stories all the time of my teacher feels like a workhorse, makes me pump out 14 essays in a day. <laughs> or maybe your teacher doesn't know what they're doing. They don't even know how to add three plus three and they're your math teacher. Or your teacher just doesn't care about you and it doesn't feel like they're actually able to, to enter in in a sweet way. 
that you have teachers that maybe haven't been the best over time. But on the flip side, all of us have had at least one good teacher, right? Haven't you? You felt what it feels like to have a good teacher. There's this old TV show called Boy Meets World, where it's about a bunch of teenagers going through life together and just really trying to figure things out. And there's this teacher that shows up time and time again named Mr. Feeney. And Mr. Feeney's job in the whole show is really to show up and to give advice. And often the, the kids in the show, they don't take it but they realize they should have, and the times they do, it's worthwhile. Mr. Feeney is constantly showing up, caring far more about the individuals than their scores on their tests. And you see at the end of the show that they actually really appreciate him. They actually thank him for everything that he's done. He's adored for it. For us, Jesus is using everything in our lives to point us back to him. The great gifts we get, the moments where we feel like God is silent, the times that life feels confusing, and even the most mundane, boring moments, everything is being used to point back to him. He's our greatest teacher because he has never wasted a moment in your life, and he cares far deeply about you. I mean, he even went to the cross. He died and rose again for you. And similarly to the disciples, we get to bring our questions, our concerns to our greatest teacher, and he listens. Jesus is our greatest teacher. May you be encouraged by that today. Remember, let's be real with one another and before God as long as it's called today. It's been great to be with you. Take care.